Are you the kind of gal who isn't interested in living the status quo life, who wants to hear from other ladies that are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. I'm your host, Lindsay Mayuga. Join me as I follow my curiosity around what living a successful life really means. Let's dive in. All right, guys. So a lot of my good ideas come from my friends and them reminding me about things I've said or experiences that we laugh at me about. And so this episode is all about what I call case studies. So I feel as though whenever I have an experience that I'm like, whoop, learned a lot. Whoop, not how I thought that would go. Whoop, like, how did, how did we end up here? I found a way to reframe these situations and instead of calling them mistakes or blunders or um, just like screw ups or setbacks, I put them into a completely different category and I call them case studies. And what I say is I say everything in my life, I try a lot of stuff and I say that I do a lot of case studies. My case studies happen to They tend to be expensive, and I learn a shit ton. So I thought I would just break down some of those for you and just explain how much it's helped me to have this reframe of scenarios that have gone awry, if you will. I, I find in my life that I'm someone who learns through like experiential things. I'm not someone that does really well with people just being like, oh, that's probably not a good idea. You don't want to do that. I'm like, well, that was your experience. I, I don't like to make past judgments on like, you know, what people tell me about a person. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go off my own experience. Thank you though. I appreciate the heads up, but not really, you know? So, so some of the most, you know, informative experiences, the ones that allow you to like make change and make shifts I find in my life, they haven't come from things that went right. They haven't come from things that you're like, oh my gosh, it was blissful. No, the changes in my life come from these case studies that create a lot of information for me to go on. And from that information, I'm able to make decisions and I feel sometimes like compelled, you know, in a way that when things are going well or right, air quotes, I'm not as inclined to do. So for instance, I I think just knowing that my case studies allow me to learn a lot, they also cost me a lot. And they tend to cost me a lot in the form of uh, financially. So for instance, one of my bigger case studies was having an assistant in the salon. I had an assistant for almost an entire year and we were waiting on this transfer of a license only to find out that there was no such program and that my assistant didn't have a license. So that was a $30,000 case study. And my intent behind having an assistant was to grow my business in the sense of like, okay, someday I'm going to have a family, hopefully, or I just wanted more freedom. And I thought that that was the way to freedom. For me, I was able to learn in that process that 
I'm, I just prefer to be me. I prefer to, to be responsible for me. I prefer to just, just not have those kind of managerial roles. Did it take a lot for me to learn that? Yes, but I'm grateful to the experience. And by putting it in that category versus like, Lindsay, you're such an idiot. I was able to free myself up faster and to move on and through it in a more, you know, I mean, a less disappointing and stressful way. So that's a huge case study for me that honestly set the trajectory of why my business I feel has been so like soul giving to me because I, I think I was following what I saw successful people doing instead of honoring that I, the way that I would want to get there. And it's been pretty cool because when I realized that that was not going to be for me, even though that situation was pretty unique, I knew that it wasn't for me to have an assistant. And so I just started to enjoy my space and enjoy my company in the salon and in walk my two dream renters. And while I'm on maternity leave, um, my coworker, Jenny, took care of all my clients and I got what I wanted from my business and the camaraderie and all the, all the stuff that I thought I had to go a different road to get, I was able to get, which has been really cool. So that was one that gratitude, you know, bless and release. Okay. Um, then that, another one that was hard was I had a mural done in the salon and I didn't, I wasn't very communicative about what I wanted. And I, I, I have this tendency to think that everyone else knows what's best as opposed to being like, no, I think I, I know what I like as I order six cans of spray paint to spray paint my Christmas tree mint green. I know what I like, but I tend to forget this. So I'm like, you know what? I love your style. You do it. Okay. Well, $2,500 later, I'm watching the camera at night, the, the, the camera from the salon, and I'm just looking at the mural like, I can't, I can't work. I, I can't, can't, my eyes cannot adjust to this. This is a nice mural for somewhere else, like maybe a, like a kid's clothing store or something, but it wasn't meant for me. And I, and I didn't infuse enough of myself into the planning of it and the process of it. And so here I was having invested $2,500 into a mural that was not meant for me. And I take full responsibility for it. And so my husband was like, Lindsay, just let it go. I'm like, I can't let it go. I have to work in the space every day. I can't, I can't make this work. Well, so then fast forward, I went in and I painted over it white again. And what I learned from that experience was I thought that I had to keep making the salon a more exciting place to keep my renters happy and to keep them wanting to be there and to keep it fresh and new. And I had lost sight of the fact that I really liked it the way it was. And they really liked it too. And they were trying to be, they were supporting me because they saw that they thought that I was excited. And it was just another learning experience of they're not, not happy with how I'm doing things. And I, I don't know. It's like, I kind of 
what I learned from it was like, I didn't think I was enough. I didn't think the place was enough. I didn't think I was maybe doing enough to keep them happy. And, you know, I got to have these awesome conversations with the girls and it was like, okay, I don't have to keep, I want to keep everything running well. And I want to, you know, like make sure if there's something that bothers someone, but for the most part, like I loved it how it was. And so that was a case study of like, okay, I always thought that maybe the salon needed more, you know, pizzazz because it was so white. And what I realized was that people come into the space and they bring a lot. They bring a lot of what they're going through. They bring a lot of energy and there's something really serene about it being so minimalistic. And what I felt like from the mural was I felt like personally, it's not a criticism of the art. It's more just like knowing my space, knowing myself and honoring it. It felt like the wall felt chaotic. Like it was like an outward expression of what people come in with the turmoil and just like kind of just sometimes with all the energy they have on the inside. It felt like it was like on the wall and I found it to be very chaotic. And again, it really informed how I move now and how I'm like, no, I love that it's white. Did it take a detour to really, really appreciate that? Yes. But such is life, you know? So that was another one that was a hard pill to swallow last fall. But um, yeah, I just, I love to reframe these experiences and to kind of extract from them as much as I can uh, to learn and grow and shift and evolve. And yeah, I think that when you view your life and your business through that lens of a case study, it gives you a lot of freedom to try things and to not be so afraid of doing it wrong. Because, you know, there is, in my experience, like there's no one path, one way to do anything. And I feel like I've found my way doing things this way. Meaning like trying a lot of stuff, learning and honoring and listening to like what's coming up for me. So it's like, I love teaching. I love having courses. I love showing up for people. What I don't like in this season of my life is having more one-on-one coaching calls. It's like, I already have appointments in the salon. I, I feel constricted. And I think that's something I didn't listen to for a long time because I thought that that's just how life felt. I thought everyone felt this like level of constriction. And I think I just grew up around it. I just, as long as I can remember, felt it. And so it felt familiar and normal. In these case studies, I feel like a lot of what I'm learning is the level of like constriction that I feel or in restriction. And, you know, I would say I'm someone that puts a lot into whatever I'm doing, but I'm also, I'm also someone that kind of goes for it. And so for instance, another case study, I was like, I feel like there was another one this year. And the big case that I had this year was, um, we took our nanny to London. We learned a lot about her in London. And when we came back, 
I realized like this was a really expensive case study to learn that I, I maybe don't have my dream nanny like I thought I did. And so that was another one that like I could have beat the shit out of myself around, oh my gosh, like the signs were there. Or you could have, you know, like who brings their nanny like on a, a trip to another country? And like, who do you think you are, a Kardashian? And I feel like all these things did go through my head. But then I went back to, you know what? I'm really grateful. I am really grateful that I was able to do this and gain the perspective and insight and intel that this trip provided me with because I learned a lot and based on what I learned, I made adjustments. And so even when I was in London having experiences that I felt were creating restriction, I was like, okay, I'm just going to go off the information I have and the information I have is pointing me towards, we're going to put her back into a daycare. Okay, cool. What are my options? All right, well, let's email these three and see what they say. So I feel as though prior to this shift of, of viewing things through this very like Lucy kind of like, okay, this is the information. This is what I've got. And this is where I'm going to go with it. I would have, I know what I would have done. I would have gotten everyone I know to rile me up more. I would have been contacting all my close friends and family members. And I would have been like, you're not going to believe what's happening here. That's not what I did. I really didn't do that because you know what I know about myself is that that just fans a flame in a direction that's not productive, helpful, or healthy. And so instead I was like, you know what? I can do hard things. This is no big deal. We'll get through this. And, you know, it's not what I thought would happen. But so at the end of the day, having this ability to view things through this kind of process, lens, whatever you want to call it, I, I, I get a lot more out of my life because I'm able to try things because I don't view things as a failure. I view them as like, information. And I saw a quote one time that said something like, knowledge and information is what you get from trying a lot of shit. And that's something that I think I do really well. I try stuff. And I think that going into 2023, something that I know for myself is that I continue to do less and I continue to hone in and to kind of move in a direction that feels like it's kind of more, it's, it's going, it's like pinpointing somewhere completely like honed in on what it is because I've tried so many things and they've given me so much information and I've listened. I've listened to how the things I try feel and when they don't feel right for this season or whatever, where I'm at in my life or what I'm trying to do or what I feel called to doing, I say no to them. I have a lot of compassion for myself, a lot of empathy for myself, and I view them through a case study lens and I go, okay, cool. I tried that. And right now 
that doesn't feel good for me. So how do I show up in a way that allows me to still educate people, still teach people, but do it in a way that honors me in my life and where I'm at? Okay, cool. You have your online courses, you have your podcast, and then you're in the salon two days a week. And that feels really good. And so I think that's the thing that's really cool about doing life like this is And also, you don't have to make a lot of noise about it. You just continue to move down the path that's for you and just checking in with yourself as you do these things, as you do these case studies, and you'll find that you move a lot more swiftly because you're not worried about how it's being perceived or how it looks because you're like, oh, no, 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 no. I ran a case study. I'm, I'm running a case study on that. And it just, it frees you up to like, of like the embarrassment or just thinking you're like trying something small. It's like, no, no, no. All the smart people, they try things and they adjust and they pivot and they, they hone in and they kind of like, you know, continue to like make it more of them. And so whatever you want to call your journey, your process, I welcome you to take case study. I never heard anyone say it. I just literally have found that it has changed the trajectory of my life because it has allowed me to feel the permission to do things differently because it feels very open-ended. So this was inspired by Teddy Bickers, who is one of my right-hand gals, and she hears about all my, my case studies and... I told her, you know what, Ted, this is going to have to be a podcast. I've never called her Ted. I haven't even run that by her, so I'm sorry. That's not the name you like. Anyway, have a wave-making day, and I will talk to you guys soon.